Hello team and welcome to another episode of Coffees, Cleans and Calorie Deficits. I'm your host Jordan and for those watching on YouTube, yes I am sitting in my girlfriend's house coat and it's very comfy. So, today's episode is about gym anxiety and how to deal with it. I hope you're having a good first week back at the gym if you've chose to go back. If you're listening to this in the future, Hopefully I'm rich. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Hopefully I'm happy. Hopefully you're happy. God, that got really dark. I'm sorry. Let's get back on track. Uh, <laughs> I tend to tangent a lot in sessions as well with clients. <laughs> but things still get done. Uh, we're going to talk about gym anxiety today. Uh, and we're just going to talk about understanding gym anxiety and how it works. And more importantly, how you can get over it. So let's just define it first of all. What is anxiety? Well, it's defined as it's fear. It's a it's a response to stress. It's an apprehension to a specific situation. In this case, we'll say it's using the gym, more specifically the free weights area of the gym. Uh, and it's irritating. It's frustrating. And I know that I am in a position where I'm talking to you, you know, as a as a coach, as a PT. But it wasn't always like this. So I have been lifting weights. So I'm going to be 27 soon. So I've been lifting weights since about 13 or 14. And the gym I started in, it was it was awful. Um, yeah. So there's a gym called Nethercrigs in Glasgow. And there was a coach there. And he's just your typical gym bro. Big fucking chest. Big arms. Tiny legs, like so ridiculously small. It looked like Johnny Bravo, but serious. Like he he was very serious. There was no satire in him. And he used to say that he coached me. If I called him coach, it was very weird. Um, and I remember using the machines, and he was like, "No, no, you gotta do this and this, and drop set this, and 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 pump up this, and confuse that." And it was just, it wasn't a very nice situation but me being a dumbass 13 14 year old i didn't take any notice of it and i was just focused on trying to get stronger because i think i was getting yeah i was getting bullied quite badly at the time and i was very skinny i was about yeah i was about probably 510 and about 60 kilos that's very light it's probably like 178 centimeters and i don't know 125 130 pounds for my American listeners, if I have any. And that's where my anxiety started at the gym because I didn't feel like I belonged and I felt like people were watching me and I felt like people were looking at me lifting small weights compared to them lifting big weights. And that wasn't true at all. There was actually this guy, oh, I forget his name, it's, it's terrible. And he, he, looked like, he looked like the Smallville version of Superman of Clark Kent, who's very handsome. And he just, he taught me a couple of things and, and I didn't think about this until years later that he probably affected me and ended up why I became a PT because I didn't want to become a PT. I was in, I'd done acting and I was shit at it. But that's by the by. I felt really anxious to go into the gym. I didn't want to go in when it was busy. If it was busy, it was very hard to hide in this gym. So I just had to pick my times and it felt like shit. 
And now my anxiety kind of creeps up in a different way. So speaking to people in the gym. Now I can speak to people all day long, but what I hate doing is approaching people. I don't enjoy it because I feel like I'm bothering people. And I know I'm not. But I understand what it's like to feel overwhelmed by something. And we're going to discuss some evidence-based research into how we can make it easier for you to get over this anxiety. So, we've got two types of anxiety that I've identified for the gym in this specific circumstance. It may not apply to you, but hopefully it does. The first one is social anxiety, which is the fear of being judged, and the second one is a fear-based anxiety. You're scared of free weights because X, Y, Z. Now, they're both difficult to solve, but the first one, is a little bit more formulaic in its response. Let me just take a drink of coffee. You know, memento, friends. I'm dieting, so I have to make sure that I slow down and drink my coffees very gradually and enjoy them and not just hoof them and then have another. Probably better for my heart. But social anxiety is fear of judgment and it's a tends to be a reflection of your own anxieties. So if you're worried that they don't think you belong there, you think you don't belong. If they think you, what if they think you're doing it wrong, you think you're doing it wrong. What if they think I'm overweight, and I specifically say overweight because feeling fat is not an emotion, my loves, my little turtle doves. I keep calling my clients that and I need to stop because it's so fucking creepy. Um, but you think you're overweight. And the truth of those matters is irrelevant. Because as a PT, and I tell you this, I see people of all shapes, sizes, and creeds doing mental shit at the gym. Like, genuinely fucking crazy stuff. And people don't care. Now, is there going to be cunts in the gym who will judge? Undoubtedly, but they're in the minority. There's very few of them. They don't exist singularly, and it's often a group mentality that allows people to pass judgment. And in that case... Well, at Chatham Cross, we don't really have those because they're arseholes and they get made to know that they're arseholes. So, without further ado, adieu. Adieu. Is it adieu or adieu? I think it's adieu. Adieu means bye, I think, in French. Anyway, fear-based anxiety. Um, no, social anxiety. Jesus, I haven't even spoke about this. Uh, right, okay. Uh, social anxiety. So the fear of being judged. I'm not even going to cut this, it's fine. Uh, the fear of being judged. So what do we think about when it comes to social anxiety? Okay, we know what it is. We know roughly why it happens. Here's how we deal with it. Okay. You start with exposure therapy. Exposure therapy is we just take the issue and we slowly expose you to it in varying degrees until you no longer feel as anxious. And as an example, I'm just going to show you how I would build up a client working with me, this imaginary client, working with me and what I did yesterday, actually, a session with Evelyn. Hello, Evelyn, if you're listening to this. If you're not, why are you not listening to this? And this is how our session went. So we have two sessions a week and we go over kind of the nuance of the gym how to set up machines, how to put clips on barbells, how to rack and unrack dumbbells, how to set up for various exercises. 
and then how to lift with perfect technique. So we're focusing on the technical aspect of it. Regardless of the weight, the weight doesn't matter. I just want my client to perform the movement as perfectly as they can. And then once we've done that, we've made them aware of how to like take the clips off. Because anybody listening to this, you know 100% the hardest thing in the gym isn't dealing with the fucking weights. It's putting the bastard in clips on. <laughs> so I genuinely take clients through the, here, you're going to get freaked out at putting a clip on and taking plates on and off. You're not going to get freaked out at lifting the weight. That's actually going to be relatively easy. And they're like, holy shit, yeah. Because that, like, unable to get the weight off or get the clip off, all people are looking at me, oh fuck, oh fuck, and it just builds and builds and builds. So we do cover things like that just to make sure they don't feel freaked out. Now, once they know how to do all that, they can lift with perfect technique, regardless of the weight. We then work them up to use different variations. And we use different variations in a space that they're comfortable. So that's part one. And what do I mean by that? I mean that you take the deadlift, or the remaining deadlift, the RDL, okay? So you stand tall, soft knees, bars on your thighs, and you push your bum back as far as it can go with a flat back, and then you drive your hips through. She'll do that with me on the gym floor, because she's with me, or this client. Um, Evelyn and I did deadlifts. But this client does this. And then I say to them, okay, how do you feel about that after a couple of weeks? They're like, I feel super comfortable with that, I know how to do it. Now, I'm not going to chuck them into the free weights area, because that's where all their anxiety is, and I'm the buffer for that anxiety. I'm going to say to them, would you feel confident being in the studio doing this, and perhaps taking a video of yourself? And they'll either say, yep, studio, no video, or yes, yes, or no studio, but yes to the video. Last one's unlikely. And that's how we start. So we say, right, okay, well, there are, you can fit five, five kilogram plates on either side of the studio uh, like pump bars. So you can fit 50 kilos. 50 kilos for a female who's just started training is going to be more than enough to work up to. So what we're doing is we're starting to teach her how to, uh, this client, I mostly coach females, so I keep referring to her. Then we teach them how to up the weight, we teach them how to feel confident in doing the weight, and then the next part is we're going to take them to the free weights area off peak. So we're going to take them to the gym area when it's quiet. And the, the option is there to go at peak times, but I think off peak's better. And here's what they do. They're going to go in, they're going to do three sets of five on an RDL with a big bar and with the bumper plates. I literally tell them to block out an hour in case you have to wait and you're literally going to go in and you're going to do an RDL and that's it and you're going to leave. And I know this sounds dumb, that sounds really like minimal, but that's the point with goals is that it has to be minimal. It has to be so easy that you almost can't fail it. You give yourself an hour to do one exercise, three sets and five reps. Easy. Because you need to give yourself those small wins so that when it comes to up in the ante, you don't question it because you've already nailed it. Then you go in at peak time and you ask someone, how many sets have you got left? Two. Awesome. I'm just going to mill about. Would you mind if I had it after you? 
Yeah, of course. You're now starting to expose yourself to it, right? You now know what you're going to start doing, what you're, you're comfortable doing something you feel good at in front of others. And then we go on to the next exercise, a split squat, a goblet squat. You do the same there. And then you upgrade them to a back squat with a pump bar in the studio. And then you upgrade yourself to a barb, an empty barbell on a squat rack. Can you see where we're starting to go with this? It's amazing. And then, see when you can do that, so you're like, right, I'm comfortable being in there and I know what I'm doing, like I know I can go in. Right, I'm gonna deadlift, split squat, uh, dumbbell bench press and chest supported rows. Awesome, that's it, perfect, great. Then you learn variations and you learn how to swap them. And now this is way further down the line, but in short, overcoming anxiety can be done with slow exposure with or without a coach and having a concrete plan that you can have backups for. So you don't have you don't have access to a coach, that's fair enough. We can't we are expensive in some cases. Google RDLs, learn the movement. Perform it in the studio or the cardio area. Work up to performing it in off peak times. Then go in at peak times. You're only in the gym for that one movement. Ah, it's fucking it. Small wins and then you leave. And then, like I said, next time, pardon me, how many sets do you have left in me? I use it after you. You do the same with every single exercise you want to approach. And I want to like just be a little bit real with you guys just now. That's literally what I'm doing with lead generation. So lead generation is just building like building your circle. It's people that aren't my clients listening to this. It's building your circle of contacts that may or may not work with you in the future, but that can benefit from the information that I put out. My aim is to talk to three people in a week. That's fuck all. But it's what I can manage right now. And soon it's gonna be 30 people in a week, then 40, then 50, and then I'll just be, now I'll never PT because all I'm doing is chant shit to people. But my point is, this works in all most realms of life, and it takes time. So, before we move on to the next one, I just want to recap that, that like social anxiety, the fear of being judged, is normal, but it's also deceptively simple to deal with. Start with the smallest thing you can manage that relates to your goal. Take two weeks to nail it, and after that, you build it up. And after, and you build it up to two exercises, three exercises, four, whatever. And I promise you, if you start small and keep just chipping away, you'll make more progress in six months than you would in six weeks trying to like overhaul everything. All right, fear-based anxiety. So fear of the thing itself. And now, oh, well, that was that Harry Potter quote. Name, fear of the, fear of the name increases fear of the thing itself. So say the word Voldemort. Although it's meant to be Voldemort, it's French, I don't think the T's may be pronounced. Right, fear-based anxiety. It's education. That's that's what it is. Whatever your anxiety is, and you need to research the fuck out of it from re- reputable sources. You need to re- research the fuck out of it from reputable sources. 
Now, I may be um, what you consider a reputable source, but realistically, it's more people like Sohi Lee, Ben Carpenter, Eric Helms, Mike Azraitel, um, Steve from Revive Stronger. They're all great evidence-based coaches, so you know you can trust them. They're really good people. And you question them. Now, we're going to go over something that you probably feel. I think weights will make me bulky. Okay, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Muscle mass isn't something your body wants to hold on to. It's actually counterproductive and it's why the more muscle you grow, the less your body will make. You're going to make most of your progress in the first couple of years of lifting. That's training properly. After that, it's like it's a grind to build it. Your body prioritises fat storage because it's a better source of energy and your body is still hardwired for way back when, when food was scarce. We do not live in a food scarce society, but comparatively, that is like a tiny blip in the timeline of humanity, right now, which is mental. But your body takes a long time to adapt. It would rather hold on to body fat than onto muscle mass. So it's really fucking difficult to get too muscular. And even if you did, why is that a bad thing? You know what's wrong with it? Maybe you don't think it's attractive, that's fair enough, as long as it's not conditioned by society, you know what I mean? Fucking take down the patriarchy. Anywho though. The idea that you take, you turn up, look at a dumbbell and you get huge as false. Realistically, what you've probably seen is genetically superior women who are also on anabolic steroids and you've maybe drawn your conclusion from that. And that's totally fair because the media loves to vilify weight. But anything you have based off fear, you have to question it, like why? Because then you're more equipped to handle it and deal with it. So I want to recap that one because that's quite, that one's a bit simpler in the sense that once you understand it, you can then expose yourself to it a little bit more. I know that one of my clients was dead scared of deadlifting, so we had to very slowly just use RDLs and very light weights and then slightly heavier weights and then speak with the doctor and we're very lucky that our doctor was intelligent and understood how strength training can help the body, not just hinder it. And through exposure therapy, I guess, yeah, we slowly just built that up. I think it's more nuanced. I think that this is more nuanced than can be summed up and dealt with in a podcast, an art co. But I think it's a valid method for creating long-term change. And if you want to learn more about it, you can sign up for my emails and you can receive a copy of my Nutrition Han Habit Handbook, which focuses on like the principles of building habits and setting goals and planning more in depth. I'll put the link in the show notes or in the YouTube comments and I will put my email there if you want to get in touch. If you're interested, you want to work with me one-to-one -one, or you want to join our female-only community of small group training, I'll pop the links in too. In the article that I've written on this, I've got the citations for how uh, strength training helps your mental health as well as your physical health. If you want to read them, that's cool. They're pretty fun. And if you need anything else, folks, don't hesitate to get in touch. A wonderful day. Thank you for listening slash watching. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to um, like, share and subscribe and let people know the good word. Till then. Bye.